Hey, welcome in into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guys Sports. I just locked eyes with the guys here before I started the intro. Episode 61. It's a Bronson Royal episode. It's also a Brian Johnson episode, according to uh, Big Boss Man here. Zach Jazeera is in the house tonight. Um, of course, Couch Guys Sports. Call it, follow it, couchguysports.com. That's who we're brought to you by. Um, Twitter. We're going to have a bunch of shenanigans. The Red Sox are finally back. and we, we, have, we have a good show here. But uh, follow us on iTunes, Spotify. You can rate, rate, and subscribe. I'm pretty sure, guys, that change happened while we were stopped recording. So, like, you can do that now. Um, go to Spotify and, like, put a rating there. That'd be great. Thanks. Um, I turned 30 in the offseason. Um, a lot has happened in the offseason. So, um, there's a lot to get to. Al is here. Zach is here. Chris is coming. Chris is out to dinner with family. The restaurant is taking forever. Booyu restaurant. So he's going to hop in mid-episode as well. Um, but it's okay. We got the boss man. He's basically two for one when it comes to people. Um, but you know, what, you know what Chris is probably going to need when he gets back, Al? I have a hunch. Tell take me. a guess. Take a guess. Is he going to need some energy? He would because I'm sure dealing with the restaurant, it's going to be. He's probably pretty tired sitting there waiting for his food. We've had that instance where, you know, I'm sure we've been to restaurants. We're tired of waiting for our food. We're tired of just not having energy in general. But our friends over at Shocked Energy can help you. Have you ever felt unable to focus? You're tired or you're just low on energy. We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Into the Triangle podcast is brought to you, obviously, by the Couch Guy Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a game made by gamers for gamers or for podcasters by podcasters. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off of your order. Check out their green apple flavor as well as their watermelon flavor. Zach, are you a green apple guy or a watermelon guy? I'll probably go with green apple. How about you, Jared? Oh, watermelon. Yeah. That a boy. That's the that was the correct answer. The watermelon's Boo-y. the right answer. Might be the only Boo-y. answer. Boo you, Zach. And don't Boo-y worry. Too. They ship. Hey, ad read. Shush. They ship worldwide. That's right. Worldwide. Jared, give me a random country in the world. Go. Italy. Italy. Zach, give me another one. Africa. <laughs> you said any country in the world, so here I am just throwing bombs. Africa is a continent. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. Whatever. Keep the Shock Energy doesn't care about how dumb he is. Okay, so, so whether you are Canada. in Italy, you're in Canada, you're on the continent of Africa, Australia, wherever, don't worry. Shock Energy can ship to you worldwide. Get your shocked energy today. Let us help you gain back your focus and energy with the promo code CGSN, 10% off at shockedenergy.com. Something's just never changed. What can I say? I just I'm always, I'm always I, providing people with a laugh. What can I, I, that's I, what I do. I know, I know we're a, a baseball podcast, and this is all going to be baseball, but can we just talk about the fact we all know Devontae Adams just got traded. Apparently, Devontae Adams was going to get paid the same, if not more money, to stay with the Packers but he wanted to go play with Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. Why? That's just hilarious. College quarterback. 
They were teammates in college. I don't know. They're going to be good. Josh McDaniels, I might be a fan of the Raiders for the year if the, if the Patriots aren't good. Um, all right, baseball. We have a lot to talk about. Even though just over the last couple of days, never mind since the last time we actually recorded an episode. And we're back, by the way, people. We're, we're in season. We're here now every week, right? Every week? Want to do every two weeks before we start? What are we doing, Al? You make the decision here, Mr. Uh, let's, say, let's say every two weeks. We'll do every two weeks so the regular season starts, which isn't that long. And then we might jump to every week, depending on how the team's doing. If they start to the bottom of the ALEs, the way the, the, way the transaction wire is going, Maybe we'll just go once a month and just talk about the Red Sox losing. But who knows? We'll just we'll bring on a bunch of guests. That's what we'll yeah. Do. We'll just talk about we'll just fluff it up for them being terrible. No, not yeah. you, not you, Zach. Um, okay. Cry. Two big two big names in Red Sox history came up in the offseason. so we're gonna talk about that and then we'll jump into now. David Ortiz is first ballot Hall of Famer officially. He is in gonna be enshrined into the Hall of Fame this summer. David Ortiz, only person in this class who got enshrined. Um, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, those guys did not get in. That could be a whole other episode, so we're not going to talk about that. But David Ortiz, mostly everyone agreed with this. Some people said no. Like, why would he get in first ballot? But he got, what was it, 78% of the vote? Something like right that? Around there. Right, around, right there. around there. It wasn't like exactly 70. It was a little higher. But, um, but yeah, David Ortiz, our childhood, the hero, breaking the curse, all that good stuff. David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. Um, I'm not really surprised by it. I mean, why should you be surprised? The stats back it up. Since he came to the Red Sox in 2004, 14 years, you know how many times he was an all-star? 14. 10. 10 times. 10-time all-star. And that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty darn good. Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Five years in a row, when he first got here from 04 to 08, was an all-star. Missed it in 09, was an all-star from 2010, 2013. Missed it in 14, 15, was an all-star at age 40. His final season, 2016. Over 500 home runs, arguably the best DH of all time. Edgar Martinez has a case in this, but best left-handed hitting DH of all time, David Ortiz, with all the postseason moments and everything, over 500 home runs. I mean, how do you not put this guy in the Hall of Fame? But I will say this, and I know we could spend a whole other episode on this, you should have voted Bonds in. You should have voted Clemens in. Just put him in at this point. They're an important piece of baseball history, too, like Ortiz is. Put him in the Hall The of one fame, thing please. I never understand, Roger Clemens is one of the greatest pitchers ever. Not in the Hall of Fame. Some even say he's the best right-handed pitcher right, of yeah. all time. Um, Barry Bonds' name is in the Hall of Fame. On the wall. I've seen it. Greatest home run hitter of all time. Has the record. Probably will never be broken. His name's in the Hall of Fame, but he's not allowed to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are we doing? Um, but we're not talking about that. Again, I know I could go an hour on why those guys should be in. Um, I want to know, just quickly, favorite David Ortiz moment. Favorite one. Um, Zach, we'll start with you. I mean, I started watching baseball a few years ago, so I really... I was unfortunately, unfortunately not able to see like Ortiz in his prime, but, but you've seen the highlights. Like what part? Oh, of yeah. Yeah. Um, without a doubt, that grand slam against Detroit, that's mm. gotta be, you know, like, don't, don't roll your eyes at me, old man. Hey, you he were, ha- you stopped, you started opinion. watching a couple years ago and you take something from nine years ago. What's wrong with you? He wasn't playing when I was starting watching it. Uh, you are unbelievable. You're tired. Continue. Okay. Chris will be Continue. here soon now. God, Thank such goodness. a boomer lord over here. 
What does that make? What does that make Jared then? He's ancient. Say, my God, don't call him it's a like Godzilla. Holy crap! He, he's better looking. That's that's good. We'll take that. Anyways, I continue, never, Zach. I never said okay. Anyways, it's just like you know the heat of the moment. I was like the Red Sox were down in that game, and then you know they have the infamous shot of. Hunter was at the outfielder for Detroit, like going over the wall. Or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the cop, like putting his hands up in the air. It just, it just still gives me chills to this day. Yeah. David exactly Ortiz. Like David Ortiz. What it's a just, call that was. David Ortiz. It's one of my favorite calls of all time. Like, what a great call that was. That was. And like, Grand Slams are like, I mean, you see them every now and then, but they're not. There's like so much different from a generic home run, you know, especially like in the playoffs too. And like the Dubs said, that's why that how many we saw last year. (laughs) Yeah. In October. That's, that's why my, that was my favorite um, big poppy moment for sure. Alan. Before I say my moment, Jared, you remember that what happened that same day, right? Same day as, as the Ortiz grand slam, what happened earlier on in the day? 2013. What happened? Hmm. I don't remember. Do you remember the Kemberl Tompkins game for the Patriots against the Saints? Oh yeah, I was the there. Unicorns show ponies. Where's the beef? I was there for that game. That was great. Oh, that, that's awesome. I yeah, forgot, that was the I same day. About the same year. Oh man. Yep. Patriots were Unicorns. in the afternoon. Show ponies. Where's, where's the, the beef? beef? That's your quarterback. Oh God, I missed Tom Brady. All right, that could be another <laughs> show. Get out. Yeah. No. Um. Best. We're, just, we're giving Zach. Sorry, massive PTSD talking about those days. Just saying. Listen, they got the Bills got a bunch of good players, so it's whatever. Shut up. Anyways, best Ortiz moment. Honestly, besides that one, I mean, there's a couple you could do. The last time he was at Fenway, even though they got swept, I think by the the, at that time Cleveland Indians in the ALDS. That was a sad moment. But you have to go back even farther. Go back to 2004, Game Four ALCS. Walk off home run in game four against the Yankees. When you think about that, Ortiz doesn't hit that home run. You have no momentum, none. And then the following night, he follows it up with a game-winning single to send the series back to New York for game six, Mm -hmm. for Schilling in game six, and then the Johnny Damon infamous game seven. Don't count the socks out. All set up by Ortiz. Don't count the socks out. Could literally have Dan Shaughnessy playing second base, hitting ninth. Great moment. I have two. Go. And it's really a mini one and a real one. So the, my, my mini moment is David Ortiz hitting the phone in the dugout. That was so – the one in Baltimore, right? Yeah, the one in Baltimore. That was That's great. so funny. It's not like – it's a legit moment, but, like, it's not, like, a big moment. But I just – I love that. He just came back and just beat that crap out of that bullpen phone. Um, so that's my mini moment. My favorite moment moment, um, it's tough. I, like – I have to go – with the the walk-off it has to be like the 04 walk-off like i don't think it can be anything but that because even i was i think how old was i i was in i was in seventh grade that that postseason um i was 04 you were you were about 12 13 because i was i was about 10 or 11 yeah i was in i remember i was in seventh grade when they broke the curse because my middle school math teacher, my seventh grade math teacher was like insane Red Sox fandom. So like we had like, she had like newspaper clippings all over the wall from all the the games. And like, we like watched it. We like watched a rerun of the end of the game on the TV after a test the next day. Like it was, it was just great. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, ha- it has to be that. I, I don't think it can be anything else except for the, maybe the phone, but, uh, but yeah, Tigers is great. I remember, 
Um, there was a game I was at one time when they played. The, it was an Orioles game. It was a regular season game. But the game, I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, I forget what year it was. But, but whatever it was in the ninth, and then, and then in the tenth, he came up and came around and, and hit a walk-off double in, like, back-to-back innings um, against the Orioles at home. That place went nuts. It was fun. But, um, but yeah, David Ortiz is retired. Another name, retired. Um, not in the Hall of Fame yet. Maybe. I don't know. It could be another conversation. But uh, John Lester, officially retired, finally, from Major League Baseball. Watching John Lester pitch was amazing. It wasn't like looking forward to Pedro pitching because Pedro was another animal. Um, but John Lester was just a stud. You, I don't even care if he faltered at all in the regular season because you knew Al and Zach when he got to the postseason, that dude was not going to allow a hit. I think his postseason ERA is under like one or at least it's under two. Um, that dude was balls in the postseason. And that's someone that I really wish he was a Red Sox his entire career. Like he should never have had to leave Boston um, until maybe these last couple of years, but he should never have had to gone to Chicago. Um, great. He won a world series. He had a good time out there. Yada, yada. But like he, they, they botched that one. They did hundred percent. They lowballed him in spring training and then they, they wouldn't give him the deal that he deserved. Let me ask you this, Jared, cause I know Zach, you said that you didn't start watching baseball until like after the John Lester era. So let me ask you this, Jared. Mm-hmm. And I discussed this with a lot of people. Let's just say, hypothetically, John Lester had to pick a hat to go into the Hall of Fame as. Does he go in as a Red Sox or a Cub? Oh, see, that's so hard. Um, it is. It's a genuinely the, what, hard question. What were the years? Like, how long was he in a Red Sox uniform? He was – so, Lester was with the Red Sox from, I think it was 07 to 13. Yep. And then he was with the, the Cubs from 15 – it was, like two. Two, it was like three years. No, it was more than that. It was because he was because he only signed like one year deals with like St. Louis and uh, Washington and everything else. Oh God, he pitched so, for the Cardinals. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, he, he and he he was with the A's. Don't forget for yep. That's where we traded him. Season. Well, that's where we that's where we traded him to. Um, yeah. Okay. So okay. So oh seven to mid fourteen for the red for the Red Sox. Yep. And then with the Cubs, he was fifteen to twenty. And then in 21, he was with Washington, and then I think they traded him to St. Louis. Yep, and that's where he finished, yeah. Um, I, I, so 06 I th- to 14. I think he, goes, I think he would go in as a Red Sox, but it would be, like, very stinking close. Um, it would be, but, but you think about it, right? He grew up in the Red Sox system. He was a homegrown yep. guy. Yeah. He won you two World Series. He was a three-time All-Star with the Red Sox. Yep. So he had the prime should, of his career in a Red Sox uniform. He should. And, yeah. but, but that's not to say he didn't have a great career in Chicago too. No, you he, could, you could argue he had two. it wasn't two hall of fame career. You got to put it together. Um, but I just vibe with him. You could he, he could be in the hall of fame. Like he, he could be a hall of fame pitcher. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Um, he might not be a first ballot hall of fame pitcher, but he'll get in. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets in at some point. Right. He should get in. I mean, you would think. I mean, you think. let's see. Five-time All-Star, three-time World Series winner, and NLCS MVP. And look at the postseason numbers. They're nuts. The postseason numbers are ridiculous. They're insane. Just... He, he, like, didn't give up a hit. In the post- I, I, like, you, if you told me John Lester didn't give up any hits in the postseason ever, I would believe you. Like, he was so good in the postseason. It was nuts. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to talk about the current Red Sox here. 
There's a lot to talk about. Let before we start talking about transactions, let's just talk, let's just let's just get the elephant out of the room. Chris Sale. Because I feel like every time we talk Red Sox on the show, Chris Sale comes up. Um, it's, like David Price David, it's like David Price when he was here. We always talk about David Price, no matter what it was. Um, Chris Sale is supposedly out till like June. Um, has a bruise in his rib cage, rib, right? That's what it was. Right, right side rib right, cage. Right side rib. Um, he said it happened when the session he was on the Instagram Live, he didn't really know he was on Instagram Live at the time, um, when Matt Barnes was doing the IG Live, and he did it then. Apparently it hurts to cough, so he's got to deal with that. And so Chris Sale will not be ready for opening day. He will not probably pitch at all in April and maybe May. Um, and when just when you thought you might be getting a healthy Chris Sale back, he came off Tommy John, looked okay coming back last year, but obviously he wasn't Chris Sale. And now he comes and does this. He said, you know, it, it's frustrating. Um, you build up all off season to build yourself up, and then this happens. And he's like, I'm getting paid to do nothing, and that sucks. And it's like, great, stop getting hurt. Um, look, I love Chris Sale. I, this makes it makes it even more justifiable to kind of people who want to say, yeah, they shouldn't have paid him, right? Because he had a year left. And then as soon as he got paid, all the injuries started coming and, and all this stuff. So um, it's frustrating for sure. I mean, they have options, thankfully, but they're not Chris Sale. Um, now we're not done. They could bring in some pitching. They still could trade Bobby Dahlbeck if they wanted to for pitching. We'll talk about their options. But just Chris Sale not starting the season with the team hurts a lot considering you have the rest of your division beefing up and you now look like the fourth best team in the division. Yeah. I mean, especially with all the moves that are going on. I mean, you look at like the Toronto Blue Jays, the Jays are going for it, man. Like they are trying to win it all. I mean, they got Matt Chapman the other day from the A's. They were talking to the guardians about getting Jose Ramirez. Like Like they're adding and adding and adding. They tried to get Freeman. They were supposedly in on Freeman. They were in on Freddie Freeman. The Yankees, you know, they're doing what they need to do. They re-signed Anthony Rizzo mm-hmm. to have that first baseman. So they're doing what they need to do. The Rays are the Rays. They're going to, you know, good. they're going to be yeah. there. The Red Sox right now feel like the, I'm going to say the third best team in the American League. I think, obviously, like everyone's ahead of the Orioles. The Orioles are like the punching bag. They're not even in the division. It's a four-team division. Let's not even even talk about the Orioles. It's a a four-team division, and I still think they're better than the Yankees. I don't care. The Yankees are a softball team that hits a bunch of home runs. So, And you know what? Honestly, you could say that right now, until they prove it, they're ahead of the Jays. On paper, the Jays look better, but they still haven't proven it yet. I saw so someone this on Twitter should be the today, year they do it. People start talking about people in, people out of playoffs. And like people are like, oh, now the AL favorites to win the whole thing are the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are barely going to miss the playoffs. I'm like, guys, it's expanded playoffs. The team's not going to go from the ALCS, a couple games away from the World Series, to out of the playoffs. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, they're not that bad. Like, this team is still good. They need to make, they need some additions. They're not, they can't be done. And we can talk about that. But the Blue Jays on paper should be the best team in the division, hands down. Uh, better than the Rays. They should be the best team in the division. I could justifiably answer that you're better, you're better than the Rays because you beat them. And the, but they also had some injuries. So, like, look, I agree you're better than the Yankees. But Chris Sale being hurt does not help that. Um, you, you need to plan 
Chris Sale being there for the end of the season, and that's it. Like, he's not going to have a full season. He's not going to ramp up in time. He's he's going to come back probably sooner than last year, right? Because he came back after the All-Star break. But this this dude's not what he was. Now, he could come back and be a 3-4 starter. Fine. Chris Sale 3-4 and four is better than most guys won. But, like, I don't know. When's his contract over? <laughs> I, I think I'm over it. I, I think you got to start. You could probably still get something for Chris Sale if he pitches somewhat decent this year. Um, and I hate to say just trade Chris Sale because it is freaking Chris Sale. But I don't know. I think his time has passed him and his body his body is just not helping him by any means. Go ahead, Zach. It's just so frustrating, you know. And obviously injuries are, you know, they're not predictable, but it seems like this has just become a habit now with Chris Sale. And it's a shame too because – you know, he's such a good pitcher, and I mean, watching him in 2018, I realized like how good he was, and then 2019, and now it's just him getting hurt year in year out. It's um, it's unfortunate because he's such a he's such a true talent, but like I said, it's just becoming like a habit of its own now. And I'm I'm I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about this year, like you know, the first two months of the season. I mean, you lost, you know, Erod to Detroit. So, you're, who do we have right now? Avaldi, Pavetta, um, Pavetta Paxson's coming back. You know, some Paxson. Paxson's not going to be ready until like yeah. August. Uh, who else do they have out there? It's it's a it's a it's ugly. Um, Waka, they got. Um, oh, Michael Waka, yay! Waka, Waka, Hill. They have Rich Hill. It's. Oh, yeah, Rich Hill. I forgot about Rich Hill. I don't know why. I love Milton's I, finest. Rich Hill. Milton's finest. It's it was third, third stint with the Red Sox. Probably. You know, um, I mean, obviously they did pretty good last year without him until the All-Star break. But now, like you guys said, the Blue Jays aren't going anywhere, guys. They, they're getting a lot better. I mean, like Al said, they're going all in this year. And Guys, they know, only missed, the Blue Jays only missed the playoffs by half a game. Yeah. Like, and they're doing this? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Might be better than Giza. I'm not really scared of them. You know, they have their own problems now. Um, God, the Yankees just aren't going to win with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton on the team. They traded away Gary Sanchez, though, Boone finally. Managing them. Yeah. yeah, that's a base one right there. Aaron Boone might be the biggest problem. Um, there's a lot that this team needs still, I think, right? I mean, when you look at what those, those moves have been made, I think we all wanted Freddie Freeman to be a thing. Um, do they necessarily need him? No. I think there's more holes to fill. Like, I'd rather you go get a Solaire to play the outfield because right now, I'm sorry, but I do not want Jackie Bradley Jr. being an everyday outfielder. Correct. Your defense would be Correct. insane. Trust me. Because right now, Cor- the way Core and you can't talk about what you're working on, but Core is talking about um, Kike in center, which Kike clearly is your full-time center fielder. Fine. For Dugo in left, fine. And then Jackie Bradley in right. Great defensive outfield fine with that but bottom four people in your lineup can't hit like your bottom four people include jackie bradley jr and like like you like uh christian arroyo is going to be right now he's your second baseman so you need to upgrade there um i think that i saw today they were look they were they were interested in quotes trevor story um but he wants to play shortstop and that's not going to happen because you saw Xander's comments, right? Which are also interesting. When Xander Bogarts, your stud shortstop, comes out and says, "It feels like I'm not here sometimes because I get I, I'm being told I might switch positions and I don't want to." So, like, 
that's a whole other issue. Um, one thing I'm happy about with the Freeman thing not happening, because if the Freeman thing happened, that means Devers and Bogarts aren't getting paid. And this whole time we're talking about, you need to pay Devers. You need to pay Devers. You need to repay Bogey. Like those guys need to stay. Well, this is kind of one little proof that they might actually do that. And then, I think, I forget where I saw it. It might've been, um, it might've been Sam Kennedy today who said, we're going to, we're working on some extensions. Like we're working on re-ups before the opening day. doesn't mean it'll happen. Um, but if they can at least start those conversations, no matter what you do, Bogey and Devers need to stay. Um, and then you go from there. Again, if Cassis, if Cassis truly is going to be ready sooner rather than later, then why would you even gotten for, for, for Freeman? Yeah, and it's a situation where the Red Sox love, 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 love Tristan Cassis. Mm-hmm. Now, is he major league ready? That's the thing. Because if they think that he's ready, then fine. You don't have to go after someone. But if they were like, oh, this kid's still a few years away, then you should have been more aggressive in getting Freddie Freeman. I don't care what anybody says. If you go into the season with Bobby Delbeck and Christian Arroyo, as your first baseman and second baseman, respectively, that's weak. I'm sorry, but it is weak. Bobby Delbeck had a great second half of the season last year. Great. Still strikes out a ton. Christian Arroyo, like the player, but he's very injury prone, similar to Chris Sale. You know, he was injured. He had his COVID stuff. Luckily, he's vaccinated now, so he, he can travel to, you know, games out of the country into Canada. But now it's a situation where, how ready is Tristan Cassis? Or do you really believe that much in Bobby Dahlbeck? Or is he just an affordable contract? Because let me tell you something, guys. I hate to say this, but the days where the Red Sox were making big splashes for free agency, that's long gone. It's over. They're not making any big splashes anytime soon. They're gonna, they are literally, I hate, hate, hate to say this. They are the Boston Rays or the Tampa Bay Red Sox. They are acting like they are strapped for cash and they have one of the highest payrolls in baseball. And well, it is I mean, this ownership group's been all about being under the luxury tax for how long now? Like a couple of years now. They, they, it, it's not, and I don't even want to put this all on high because it's not. Like they hired him for a reason. He knows how to work on a budget. And could he do more with a bigger budget? Yeah, heck yeah. I think Heim's good at his job, but they're putting the strengths on him. So this is a situation now where he's, he's being told, this is your number, got to stay under it. I know it's, of course it's happening. That's what's happening. So now it's a, okay, what do you do with that number? Um, they're going to throw in our face, you know, if they don't make a splash, right? Like if they just, you know, bring in some guys and whatever and don't do anything, then what are they going to say to us? Oh, well, you know, we got to build a team for now and the future. Uh, we can't just focus on the now. Um, we're trying to build a team that can compete three, four, five, six years from now just as much as we can compete now. I'm like, great, I get that. But you can do that with the group you have. You have enough young prospects that probably won't pan out and still have really good ones that will that you can make deals with Bobby Dahlbeck involved to bring in a stud, sign a free agent, go get pitching, and have enough of ability to not do... Like, why not go pay Soler? Imagine Soler on this team in the outfield. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Um, the Castellanos. Castellanos is out there. Um, I know Lou Merloni on Twitter just said, like, someone asked him if there was, in, if there was interest there because he's kind of plugged in. And Lou said, no, he's a DH. He can play outfield, can he? Like, he's not just a DH. Now, we'll talk. That being said, there's more options, right? Because the National League now has that universal DH. Um, but look, there are options out there if the Red Sox want to pull a trigger on something. 
They just have to want to do it. And that's the frustration part. You just came off the ALCS. You were so close to the World Series. Now, we talked about this end of the season. Like, the Astros were the better team. They figured it out at the right time, and they got by you. But it doesn't mean that you were that far apart. Like, you're not that much worse than the Astros were. And now the Astros might go back and bring Correa back now. Like, Correa seems like he's going back there because the Red Sox don't want to pony up. Wouldn't you want Correa here? Get Correa to play second base. Get Correa to play third base and move Devers somewhere. Like, there are so many options to fit stars in. Look what um, the Rockies are doing. The Rockies just signed Chris Bryant for an obscene amount of money. He's going to go play first base. He's not playing third base for the Rockies. He's playing first. That's just where he fits. That's where he's going to fit in. And they're making it work. Red Sox need to stop not spending money. They need to stop nickel and diamond. Like, I don't know what it is about Boston sports right now. Because it's not just the the Red Sox. It's the Patriots, too. Uh, Belichick's pride. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what the Bruins are doing. I don't know what the Celtics are doing. But it's just a case where if you want to be legitimate, you have to remember, you made it to the ALCS last year. Mm -hmm. A couple things go your way. You're playing in the World Series in a year where the odds makers had you at 80 and a half wins. Got to remember that. They were only scheduled to win 81 games last year, and they made it to the ALCS and were ahead in game four of the ALCS, take a 3-1 lead, mm-hmm. potentially go to the World Series. Now, would they have beaten the Braves? Probably not, because the Braves just played really well in the postseason. But you have a window to win. This is the window right here. It's not that big. You need to be able to pull the trigger and get some moves. And apparently ownership is allowing High and Bloom to make those moves. They say they don't care about the money. That's a smoke screen. Because oh, obviously they do. Yeah, no. They're, they're throwing High under the bus on that one. Yeah, we don't have we don't have our hands in the day-to-day baseball operations. Yeah, yeah. My you know what. But we it, focus it, on the money. Go Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, we love Liverpool. But here here's the thing. Yeah. It's it's so sickening to see that this ownership group and High and Bloom are just content with their four championships since 2004. And they're okay with being, I don't want to say a little better than mediocre, but they're okay with being just in the hunt. Mm-hmm. They don't want to make that jump to being contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is when you look at like, cause you look at the prospect pool, right? You have the talks of where your future, your future in the field could be, you know, and this is, this is assuming Xander leaves, right? It's, Devers at third, you got the kid Meyer, who's going to be a stud at shortstop, uh, Downs at second, right? Cassis at first. That's your future infield, plus you put in the outfield, whatever you, right? Like that's supposedly your stud. And if you keep Xander, you figure out maybe Meyer moves something, right? Um, until Xander really does leave. You have a core now, and you have a core for five to 10 years from now, right? You actually have both. You have a window open now with Xander and Devers and J.D. Martinez and Chris Sale and these guys who aren't going to be here more than two, three more years. And you also have a group that's coming, right, with the Tanner Houks that are young, the Pavettas of the world who are going to be in your pitching staff. So why not do both? That's what I don't get with them, right? Like they're always – Heim's been preaching like we got to build for the future. we got to build long-term success. You're doing that. The Red Sox farm system has been flipped since Dombrowski left. Like it's no longer depleted. But you also have a window now where you still have J.D. Martinez. And J.D. Martinez came out last week and said, I want to be here all, my whole career. I want to finish as, as a Boston Red Sox. Great. You can pull that off. 
You can do that. He's already gotten paid. If he gets the end of that contract and you want him for two more years, you don't have to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. He's gotten it back. If he wants to stay and win, there's a chance to win. He'll pay for he'll play for nothing. You can do that. And then you have Devers still, and you can bring in other guys. What if you do happen to bring in Solaire, right? Like there are so many options, and there's still a ton of names out there, right? The free agent pool is not empty by any means. No. But they just gotta do something. And Heim was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we are excited about the moves. We we're, the talks. If we're, we're excited about the conversations we're having, okay, can you speed up those conversations? Because they need to get to camp. Like, if you're actually gonna sign Solaire, or if you're gonna sign Story and move him to second base, can you do that, please? Like, I know we need to be patient, but come on. I would. I would also rather say, I'd rather Heim Bloom just come out and say we're content with what we have. We're gonna move forward. At least don't give Red Sox fans a false hope don't give us false hope by the way have you guys seen and since we talked about freddie freeman real quick have you guys seen their lineup for next year the dodgers <laughs> stupid it's like Mookie it's like B- literally playing mvp 2005 where you could like override the trades <laughs> i don't care this, this is their projected lineup mookie betts trey turner freddie freeman will smith max muncie justin turner cody ballinger chris taylor aj pollock the brace could still beat them brace haven't gotten worse and they just got Ols- they just got Olsen, right? Yeah, um they did. and then they get they're getting Acuna back. He's back, right? The Braves are just as good as they were last year. It's not better. But yes, yeah. no, Dodgers are like stupid video game good. I just want to add something real fast here. Um No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about a guy you guys haven't talked about yet, and that's Kyle Schwarber. Um, oh, stop it. Oh. I am okay, so I'm glad I'm not the only one who's upset by this because really I really feel like they should have brought him back, and that just even made it worse that we couldn't re sign Kyle and then not get Freddie Friedman. Like, I feel like if you lost out on Schwarber, they shouldn't make a good pitch for Friedman, and they didn't. Now, so they have both. Am I under the impression then, Zachary, that you don't want Bobby Dahlbeck playing first base? And who else are we going to have besides that kid in AAA? We don't have anyone else to who play for a space, do we? But it would have been Kyle Schwarber or Freddie Freeman. Yeah, well, that's if you sign Freddie Bobby. Freeman, he's play. If you sign Freddie Freeman, he's playing first base. If you sign, know, if you bring back Kyle Schwarber, he's probably playing first base. Let's not forget that this team got Kyle Schwarber and Bobby Dalback played amazing lights out after that. So you can still have that veteran leadership on there, and you know. It just got, it just sucks because I loved Kyle Schwarber. You know, he really, ever since they picked him up, he was good for Red Sox. I mean, and you saw how, how much this team struck out before he got there, you know, especially Bobby. And then they get a guy and he's teaching them like the strike zone and all that. And then they were really pretty good still. So I just want to throw it in there. I'm still, I really wish they would have brought back Schwarbs. Um, it's funny because. Yeah. I, I don't think he's actually a fit. Like, I, I think it was good for what they needed last year. Like, I think when they trade for him, they needed the bat. And it worked, right? He was a big reason why they were doing so well. But you look at what they need, they need outfield help. I don't want him in the outfield. No, he's not an outfield anymore. Um, if you're going to get him to play first base, it's probably a downgrade defensively. I think Bobby's a better first baseman. Mm-hmm. Um and I really hope that Bobby Dalbeck can be motivated by Tristan Cassis at this point because he's right. He's here. Like at this point, 
you could probably you're probably going to see Tristan Cassis up worst case scenario September call ups this year, and if he tears up AAA and Bobby's meh, it will probably be sooner unless they go get someone else who can play first base for the next year or so. Um, and but I like Bobby too. I really do. I mean, the kid has power. He hit that moonshot today against the Twins in the spring, spring training. training. Bobby Dahlbeck's back, baby. Twenty dingers in the next train, couple weeks. But just nice to see the kid hit again. You know, it's he's had so much power and. He's been hitting these moonshots last season that were like incredible. But great, great. Do it consistently throughout the year. Don't just have a second half. Do it consistently. Then I'll be a little bit happier about See, it. See, the issue with me with Bobby Dahlbeck is what exactly that. Look what he did in the spring last year. Everyone's like, great. Oh my God, Bobby's here. This is amazing. And then he sucked. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn for like half a season. And then he played better when they got Schwerber. You need to do that all the time, or you're actually going to be gone because. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. Red Sox are good. They need to add at the deadline. I expect them to be a good team. And the deadline, they go, well, we need pitching or we need something. Let's trade Bobby Dahlbeck. Cassis is ready. Right? Like, that's a very viable thing that could happen if they don't do it now. Doesn't he want to be motivated to stay or at least get sent to a decent situation if he gets traded? Like, Bobby Dahlbeck has to see the writing on the wall. And even the Red Sox do, right? Cora said today that they're getting him reps, Bobby Dahlbeck, that is, at second base and in the outfield. So that's that to me, I hear, oh, God, Cassis is actually ready. They're not doing that now if he's not ready. Does this remind you of Duran a little bit last season? Yes, but I think you can get away with Cassis coming up early because he hits moon shots and he's a first baseman. Like it's, I think it's and Duran. I, I mean, I'd be fine. I mean, does Duran make the team this year? Like, is Duran on the opening day roster? No, I don't think so. I don't see the place. Shouldn't be. Really. If no, he's on the opening day roster, you did something really wrong. He'll be your everyday center fielder in AAA to start. That's yep. that's what his role is going to be. And that's what it should be. He needs to play. Um, because like you said, like I said, right, that core. You have two cores right now. You have the core in AAA that's going to be your future run, right? Think about the Astros, right? We talk about the Correas, the Altuves, how they all played together and came up together. That's what they're doing in AAA right now. Jeter Downs, um, Duran, Cassis, Meyer, when he gets there, like that's your, I want to win for 15 years and be relevant like the Dodgers are, core. And then you add to that. But you still have players here right now that want to win. And you just got off a really tough defeat. Um, and you have guys that want to win right now. Well, let's, let's add to that. Let's add to those pieces. You have smaller prospects that somebody will take. Go get them. Go get somebody else. Like, there's a million free agents. Like, this is what I'm saying. This team has an opportunity to add to this piece now and still win in the future. It's not. So. I'm, I'm so. just, I'm like done with it. So one thing I want to talk about too is the, so the lockout ended, right? We're talking baseball. A couple rule changes were, were put into place. Uh, pitch clock's coming next year, right? Um, shift banning is next year. Um, well, actually, let's start there. How do you guys feel about that? The, the banning of the shift. Joey Gale is driving right now. I know that he's got he's got to hit the ball before it matters. Yeah, true. Um, you want to go, go first? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go quick. Here's my thing. As a former baseball player, where I like to hit the ball is up the middle. Now, how can you do that? Because you think about it, you hit the ball past the pitcher, and if the, the second baseman and the shortstop are playing in their regular positions, the ball's hit hard enough, gets by the pitcher, it's going up the middle. That's a base hit 10 out of 10 times. If you're having a shift against you, 
you hit that same ball up the middle, it's getting fielded 9 out of 10 times, 99 out of 100 times, and you're thrown out by 10 steps of first base. I'm not saying ban the shift, but what I am saying is tweak it. You know, make it a situation where you can't have six guys on the right side with a with a right hand with a left-handed hitter. Make it that you can only have like two or three shifted over. Yep. You know, work with it a little bit. Don't make it that it has to be all or nothing. You can tweak the rules so that way you can have some strategy if you're a manager, but you can also have a fair shot of getting more hits. Yep. If you're if you're playing. I mean, think about how many more hits David Ortiz would have had if the shift wasn't on. Yeah. I mean, I really don't have an opinion about it, to be honest with you. Um, I grew up watching baseball like with the shift on, so it's going to be weird for me to watch him without no shift. Um, I don't know. It kind of like takes that advantage away, too, like a double play possibility because, you know, you have a guy on, on a base and you're like putting your defensive players like in a shift, then you have a better chance at, to get a double play. But now with no shift, you're going to be having one guy cover, you know, a huge portion of the infield too. And, you know, you worry about like these guys like Devers and all that, who is like up and down, like, how's he going to do, you know, he's not going to have like Bogarts next to him. So, I mean, it's a little concerning to be honest with you. I'll just leave, leave it at that. I, I'm kind of with Al. I'm all, I, it takes away some coaching, right? Like strategy. And that's where this game is. Like, if a player tends to hit the ball to the right side 80% of the time, why not let me put an extra player over there, right? It, the shift bugs me when it's like, okay, some, they leave the entire left side of the infield open and you put two guys in the outfield, three guys on the infield on the right. Like, it gets aggressive. It, you have to have some restrictions to it and some limitations. My guess is I wouldn't be shocked if the it comes back at some point or like the, they tweak it, right? But at the end of the day, it's gone. It's gonna well not this year, next year. I've still got one more year, Zach, of watching baseball with the shift. Um and it'll be weird to see for sure. And then it'll be different all like how you how you attack players. Some guys who might like you said, Al David Ortiz, how many more hits would you have had if the shift wasn't the thing? So you're gonna see some guys with lower averages, Joe Gallo, be able to hit a little better, right? So uh, there there's different things to it. Um other rule, universal DH, I think we're all happy about that one. Um I think that one was a matter of way, 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 way overdue. Um, Rick, shout out to Rick Porcello, the greatest Red Sox hitter of all time, pitching wise. <laughs> um, some of the hits that dude had in a Red Sox uniform. John Lester hit the crap out of the ball in a Red Sox uniform when needed. Um, Garrett Richards had an RBI double against Atlanta last year. He did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Garrett Richards. Um, so look, overall, good, pretty good rule changes um, for the most part. Uh, pitch clock's coming next year. So a lot of things getting pushed out a year, but it's coming, and I'm okay with that. The one thing I really wanted to bring bring up is the rule, um, and I can't remember if you guys have to remind me if this goes into effect this year or next year, but the rule now that no more extra base hit, like base runners and over in uh, extra. I think it's this year. It's this year, right? It's this I think year, I'm yeah. pretty sure, yeah. And then they also did um, the no more guy on second base too. That, well, that's the, the that one, and then that's what I'm talking about. And then the no more like seven inning double headers. Yeah, the nine um, innings now. Yeah, I I'm actually mad about both of them, but I want to hear your take first. Want to? I'll go first. Okay. Um, 
I'm yay and nay on the guy on second base rule. I mean, it does speed up the game a little bit, but also like gives your team like a chance to lose the game as well, you know. Um, and I mean, I can see why they wanted to do it because, like, you guys saw that Dodgers game against the Red Sox in eighteen in Game Three. You know, that game went to like two thirty at night in the morning. It was crazy, and um. Like, it just makes it more intense to have that guy on second base. Like, it makes you want to keep your eyes glued to the screen because anything can happen. You know, obviously, like, if you have the old rules, like, you, yeah, you can still hit a home run, whatever. But, you know, and I do like the – I remember that Rays game last year in ALCS – or in ALDS, I'm sorry. And I think it was Arroyo who got the guy at the third. And then – um I know Shaw had like a ground ball and it was an error, and then um, TK Hill at the game winning set yep. fly. So, you know, it has like, that strategy to it too. But the only negative is like, you know, okay, you have a chance to come back and you can't do it. You know, it's, it's a two way street for me. You know what I mean? So I'm iffy about that one. Um, and then I'm completely okay with the nine ending dash extra um double headers um i'm not sure what you guys have thoughts about i know jerry you said you don't like it but i'm not sure what you're gonna say but that's that's just me so i hate that the rule didn't come back i think it should have come back because you know what it's a situation where <laughs> that's my famous quote now it's a situation where you think about this i love that i was mocked himself yeah hey listen when you gotta call yourself out i i, I understand that completely Zach doesn't know that, but that's okay. Oh, I do it too to myself. Don't worry. Uh, no, you don't. You, you he'll, don't. He'll, anyway. he'll, learn. he'll learn someday. Yeah, someday in like 20, like 56. But with that being said, you think about it, right? You have a situation now. <laughs> there it is again. Where. All right, I'm thinking. Get... I'm thinking. I'm thinking. That's where the smoke's coming from. All right, but I will. I will make this quick. The managers had a chance to really get some more actual opportunities to try to win the game. Do I bunt the guy over? Do I let my guys hit away? There was more strategy involved. If yep. you didn't want to do it right away, then there's a very simple solution to this. Play till the 12th inning, and then after the 12th inning, put the that's, runner on second base. Yep. It's, it's so simple. Like This is an easy thing. The baseball purists love it. And listen – we all love watching baseball. Gag me for the baseball purists thing. Fair Ugh. enough. Fair enough. Ugh. The old timers. Let's say old timers. Fine. The old I like timers, watching baseball. The old timers love watching like the the long, long, long games. Hey, honey, did they get the scorecard off the table? Like, did you get my pencil? I gotta take. I gotta keep score. That, that's who you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. But as Zach pulls out his number two pencil. <laughs> and but you should have just kept it the same way. There were good results with it. The seven inning double headers. If you want to get rid of those, make up nine innings, fine. No problem. You can do that. Whatever. Extra innings. Nobody wants to watch a 19-20 inning game unless you don't have work the next day, or you just don't work, or you're nuts, or a combination of all three. Should have kept it as is. That was a bad move by baseball. Very, very bad move. I've been saying what you just said, Al, for the longest time. 
I get why people don't want the extra base runner rule like right away. Like give it a couple innings. And then if we're starting to get into a marathon, okay, let's throw a runner out there. I even heard variations of this like five years ago when you said, hey, okay, when you get to the 12th inning, put them on first. If you get to the 14th inning, you put them on second. And then if you get to the 17th inning, you put them on third. Like at, you get the further you go along, the further that runner gets to start up. Like that I'd have been okay with, right? The reason why I'm not happy with both of these is just the pace of play thing, right? Yep. We're all talking about four and a half hour games, four hour games. I don't want to. I don't want to watch baseball for four hours. And I host a baseball podcast. Like, come on. Right. The beautiful thing about one of the best pace of play sports in the world, soccer. Right. You, you running time. You, you deal with some stoppage time. That game's over in an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes, maybe two hours, depending on the situation. That's and that's max. Basketball flies. Football, we know it takes forever, but it's a longer game, longer commercials, and it's once a week, so it's whatever. There's 162 baseball games in this. And you're getting a full season this year, guys. They figured it out just in time. That scary Major League Baseball deadline came and, came and went. Um, they have 162 games this year. I don't want to watch them for four hours at a pop. Like, that's why I'm upset about this. The nine-inning doubleheaders take forever. And then guys get hurt. And then you got to turn around and come back and <laughs> play the next day for most cases. Right? So now you're playing... 18 some guys are playing 18 innings of baseball in one day and then have to turn around and play again so that's a big part of it pace of play obviously and then the extra inning thing is just again they should have tweaked it before getting rid of it um i don't even know who wanted it who who's the one who was the side that didn't want it was it the players i feel like it was or was it the owners i feel like it was the owners but i could be wrong i don't know i'm just asking i generally don't know because I didn't, I'm, I'm be fully honest with all of you. I did not sit there during the CBA agreement lockout and fine tooth comb everything they were reporting. No, there were I didn't so care. many things that they were talking about during the CBA during the 99 days. So I, I don't care. I don't care. I was just still focusing on the fact that before the lockout, the Red Sox were favored for Saya Suzuki, and then he went to the freaking Cubs. Like that's what I was focused on. What happened there? Like, come on. Um, oh man, there's so much. Uh, okay. That's all I want to talk about. Do you guys want to talk about anything else? Just just laughing to share, Remy. I know it was the first game without him, and it was really difficult to watch. So, rest in peace. That happened in the offseason, too, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, No, it happened in October. Just after the World Series. It happened in the Nesson offseason, though. Like, we hadn't, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a tough one, obviously. Um, Shout out to that crew, too, by the way. We can talk about that real quick. Um, Kevin Euclid, Tony Maz, Tony Maz is going to be in the booth <laughs> this year. Um, no more John than Papelbon though. He's gone. Uh, but you got Euclid, Millar, uh, Tony Maz, uh, Eckersley, middle, Eckersley's middle, the, and middle Will, Will Books. Okay. That's the one I want to talk about. That was hands <laughs> down their best hire. He has been so good in the media. Um, and what he talks about baseball, he works for CBS sports. Um, Thank his wife, Jenny Dell, for getting him that job. Um, and But he's been good. He's earned it, right? He's done really well. He knows baseball. Obviously, a World Series champion here in 2013. So um, I'm pumped that Will Middlebrooks is going to be involved. Euclid is going to be involved. I'll never be mad about that. Um, sounded good today, Zach, for what he could know about guys that aren't going to exist in a couple of weeks. Um, and, yeah, the big, the big cr- crazy one is Tony Maz. He's going to call games. Tony Mazzarotti. 
985 the sports of known Red Sox pessimist is going to be shockingly calling games because they hate him. I was shocked when he when this came up because they don't like him. Like they crap on them so much. Um, so that one was a shocking. But yeah, I'm happy Dave O'Brien and Dennis Eckersley will be primarily the the two the duo, which is great. I'm happy to hear that Eck like wants to do this. Like I know before when Remy was still around, like it was a well, I'll come and do like a three man booth, but he never was by himself with O'Brien. It was very rarely Eck and O'Brien because Remy was the guy. But Eckersley didn't want to do day games and didn't want to do all this stuff. But like now it's he's gonna be the primary color guy, which is great. If you want to take some day games off here and there, you can do that now because you brought in a handful of guys to rotate through. And I bet you Euclid does the West Coast swings because he lives out there, right? Um, with his with his uh, brewery and all that stuff. So um, there, it's going to be an interesting Nesson season. Hopefully, they hopefully Tony Maz brings some negativity. I need a little bit, I need a little bit. Um, was any of that shocking to you guys besides Tony Maz? Because that one's obviously shocking. No, no, no. Millar makes sense. Middlebrooks makes sense. I think Al's going to mute his TV when Maz does the games. Probably. I might throw <laughs> stuff at the TV too. See, I'm going to, in those situations, I'm listening for Maz because I don't like Dave O'Brien. So, yeah. like, I mute my TV. I, I mute it a lot. Of, I don't like Dave O'Brien as a play by play guy. He, needs, he just needs to go away. The uh, Red Sox look like crap. They yeah. just look like absolute crap right now. Dave, did you see that pitch? Why is he throwing that fastball? Should never have paid that guy. Throw the freaking slider. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I was just going to say one more thing, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. Nice, Colin. It was Red Sox related. I wasn't going that, off crazy. That's that's when you know it's time to end it. By the way, shout out to our sponsors at Chalked Energy. And we didn't throw this in there, but shout out to our sponsors at Exogun too. 10% off. Mm. CGS10 at exogun.com. Massage therapy guns. If you need a massage without leaving your house, go to exogun.com and get it. CGS10, 10% off. Zach, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. We oh, missed you. Oh, God. Thanks for having me on, guys. A lot has happened now, between now and the last time we recorded. So I want to thank you guys for having me on, and hopefully I can come back on again during we, uh, sometime. We missed Chris tonight, but he was with family, so that's fine. Uh, he'll be back, I'm sure, next episode. We'll be back in two weeks, right? We'll talk whatever's going on. I pray to God Red Sox signs somebody by then. Um, be nice. And we'll um, – and we'll go from there. In the triangle, of course, follow us on, on Twitter, on couchguysports.com, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. You guys know that by now. Um, if you guys – we're actually recording on St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patty's Day. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll be back in a, a couple of weeks. See you.